What's up, everybody? I'm Bernard, one of your Asian best friends, and this is Asians in the News. We are in the first half of March 2023. Netflix, in partnership with Korean broadcaster MBC, defeated a court application for an injunction to halt the airing of Korean documentary series In the Name of God, A Holy Betrayal, which, as a result of the ruling, is now available to watch on the streaming service worldwide. The eight-part series investigates four leaders who claim to be prophets and went on to manipulate, abuse, and rape their followers. Among the subjects is Jung Myung-suk, leader of cult religious group JMS, or Jesus Morning Star. Jung is currently awaiting trial for sexually assaulting a number of his female followers and has been imprisoned before for similar charges. One of his followers, who goes by the name Maple, is featured in the documentary, sharing disturbing accounts of the sexual assault she endured at the hands of Jung and the threats she received from JMS when the organization learned she would be participating in the Netflix documentary. And as you can probably guess, JMS was the entity that applied to stop the documentary from airing. Um, I've seen some of the series, and it's absolutely harrowing um, and riveting from the first moment. It's really tough to watch, but I think it's uh, important to watch and worthwhile. Uh, JMS does not want us to watch this series, uh, so I suggest we watch it both to inform ourselves and to give a big middle finger to this group of monsters. Um, They've been preying on innocent victims for decades. So uh, I I hope that this documentary does well. J-Hope, member of K-pop phenomenon BTS, just dropped a collaboration track and accompanying music video with his hero, rapper J. Cole, titled On the Street. J-Hope and J. Cole. In an interview with Variety, J-Hope said, quote, To be honest, it feels unreal. It's such an honor. Looking back, we've gone through so much to make this happen, and it wasn't always easy. If you listen to J. Cole's verse, you can see how he really put his whole soul into it to tell his story of his life and true feelings within. It took a long time to work on it, and when I finally heard his verse, I was deeply moved. There's a super wholesome video circulating online of J-Hope meeting J. Cole for the first time, and it's really cool to see one of the biggest stars on the planet be nervous like a little kid to meet one of his idols. Um, The song is pretty catchy, too, and Cole definitely doesn't just phone it in. He's uh, dropping bars. I'm going to read one right now. Cole this around with more quotables than what the quota allows. You see a top 10 list, I see a golden corral. As you can imagine, it sounds much cooler coming out of Cole's mouth, but if you haven't seen the music video yet, which has already gotten over 17 million views in just five days, uh, I'd say it's worth checking out uh, at least to see J-Hope's jacket. It is the sickest jacket I've seen in a very long time. My birthday's coming up. If anyone wants to buy me the jacket, I'll take it. Loyola University Chicago's Stritch School of Medicine has removed racial requirements from its internship application which had required applicants to identify as African-American-slash-Black, Hispanic-slash-Latinx, American-Indian-slash-Alaska-Native, or Native-Hawaiian-slash-Pacific Islander, which effectively excludes all white and most Asian applicants. Nonprofit organization Do No Harm filed a federal complaint against the school's admission system, claiming it promotes, quote, discrimination on the basis of race. Prior to the removal of the application requirement, applicants were required to submit evidence, including photos, that they belonged to the ethnic group they claimed. 
the removal of the requirement seems to be in response to Do No Harm's federal complaint. And guys, just so you know, on its website, Do No Harm describes itself as, quote, a national association of medical professionals combating the attack on our healthcare system from woke activists. They also say on the very same site that they don't believe in undermining healthcare, quote, in pursuit of a political agenda. And that's strange because these people seem to clearly have a political agenda, or at least a political leaning uh, a, a certain way. But that's beside the point. The issue here is whether affirmative action measures like this, uh, this school's racial requirements are justified. And if so, how effective are they at fostering a suitably diverse student body? Columbia University also recently made headlines for permanently dropping SAT and ACT admissions requirements, and the implications of that are similarly complex. Uh, Affirmative action is a huge, terribly complicated conversation that I won't delve into right now, but uh, just know that I'm undecided on this issue, particularly because uh, Asians, a verifiably non-privileged community, are often barred from access to education and resources in uh, affirmative action initiatives like this one. Like I said, it's really complicated, and we'll probably talk about it another time on the Mainline show, so follow along. President Biden has officially nominated Julie Su as U.S. Labor Secretary. Su has served as Deputy Secretary of Labor since 2021, and before that, she was the California Labor Secretary under Governor Gavin Newsom. Su has been a major proponent of workers seeking to unionize and make change fighting for things like fair wages and health insurance via legislative action. For background, in 1995, Sue led the El Monte Thai garment slavery case in which 72 Thai nationals were found to be working under slavery conditions at a makeshift garment factory just east of Los Angeles. Um, This case was considered to be the first case of modern slavery in the U.S. since slavery was abolished and Sue helped Thai workers win a $4 million settlement from the companies that used the sweatshop as a supplier and profited off of their slave labor. When accepting her nomination, Sue stated, quote, 60 years ago, my mom came to the United States on a cargo ticket because she couldn't afford a passenger ticket. Recently, she got a call from the United States telling her that her daughter was going to be nominated to be U.S. Labor Secretary. It's worth noting that Sue came under harsh scrutiny in 2020 at the outset of the pandemic. As California's labor secretary at the time, she oversaw the Employment Development Department. And when COVID hit, there was a record number of unemployment applications flooding the agency. The problem was that many of these jobless claims turned out to be scammers, uh, with the state losing an estimated $20 billion to fraudulent claims. Um, Critics are of the mind that she completely botched the situation, while others view the blunder as semi-forgivable considering the unprecedented circumstances. But nevertheless, while having Sue appointed to such a high-ranking position in U.S. government may not fix all of the issues U.S. workers have been grappling with for generations, what we do know is that putting an Asian woman in charge of advocating for workers' rights will ensure that the plights of historically unheard, unseen, and underserved communities within the country's larger workforce will have an official in-office that they can trust will have their best interest at heart. Movie studio A24 recently organized an Everything Everywhere All at Once auction that raised $559,475 for three charities chosen by filmmakers Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, collectively known as Daniels. Proceeds benefited the Asian Mental Health Project, 
Transgender Law Center, and the Laundry Workers Center. The auction featured a selection of props and costumes from the movie, and some of the highlights were the Rekakuni puppet. That was the highest uh, ticket item. It sold for $90,000. Deirdre's Auditor of the Year trophy that got stuck up in that security guard's butt. That sold for $60,000. Evelyn's Hot Dog Hand sold for $55,000, and Wayman's Fanny Pack sold for $48,000. Uh, the auction was uh, such a fantastic idea. I love the way A24 engages with their audience. They, they truly believe in their films and focus their marketing on the communities that the films represent, doing wonderful, meaningful things like this auction and even like fun things like releasing movie merch that you can actually wear in your everyday life and you know look cool wearing it. A few years ago, I, I personally worked with A24 on their movie, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uh, I moderated in-theater Q&As with the director and the cast across the Bay Area for underprivileged audiences and students and stuff. Uh, I can say firsthand that the folks at A24 are genuinely compassionate people, so it doesn't surprise me at all that they set up this auction for everything everywhere. And uh, bravo to them and Daniels. And um, no, we will never get tired of talking about that movie on this podcast. That's Asians in the News. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this right now. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram. I'm Bernard, and I'm one of your Asian best friends. (laughs) 